You are listening to the one of us.net podcast network. One of us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio based or banner ads, but on a case by case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at one of us net at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at two, five, ten, or twenty-five dollars and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Space, the final frontier. This is Bradley Martin. I am not a captain. But I do enjoy talking about a lot of captains. From Star Trek. I'm very basic. Picard is my favorite. Apologies. (laughs) But with me to talk about Star Trek and a Star Trek series that turned out to be so much better than I ever thought it would be. We're talking about the Lower Decks. With me to talk about Star Trek Lower Decks, an animated comedy, season four, ten episodes. Someone who knows it's always a good time when Deep Space Nine is on. Jordan is with us. And you should never feel ashamed about loving Picard because he is the best. Arguably, yes. That's true. Uh, yes. And hello, I am submissive to the Mistress of the Winter Constellations. <laughs> And someone who knows from the bridge to the lower decks, a ship runs best when all the workers join together in harmony. Harmony is with us. It's never going to get old, Bradley. I promise you. Just keep 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 running <laughs> with it. It'll be fine. It's not something I've heard my whole life. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> that one was a. Uh, that one was. That was, was a good one. Straightforward. Was a good one. I mean, it's true. It's good advice. I yeah. mean, better than your last name being Cobb. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> so Star Trek Lower Decks, we have an interesting through line. Ships of all races, of all federations, of all space, are being ambushed by this new-looking ship that blasts them to destruction with one, and then they're gone. The mystery unfolds as to why this is happening, who's behind it, and what's the end game. Of this particular violent ship. But also we have a ton of wonderful episodic adventures. And take us from uh, caretaking historical significance. It gets us to a, a menagerie. There's a menagerie episode with a delightful little moopsie. Moopsie. We have Boimler, played by Jack Quaid, leading his first away mission, and that plays out exactly how you think it does. We have uh, Tendi being summoned back to her home planet, and she is from a race of what are believed Orion. to be violent which, pirates. Yeah, back to Orion. Yeah, which, Thank you for a wedding. Which is, which is like the very first clear look we get at Orion ever in Star Trek. Yeah, and it's it lives up to it. I very much enjoyed that episode, and we'll get into it. Then we have a look at the Betazoid delegation and how these three lovely ladies, I guess called the Betazoids, uh, negotiate 
the contract. A very hedonistic episode full of just vulnerable people being more vulnerable openly, we'll say. We have a diplomacy to the Ferengi planet. And Tendi and Rutherford have to pretend to be married because that's the game of diplomacy, I suppose. And it is just a beautifully and really heartfelt look on platonic relationships. And I was shocked that it went the way it did because, you know, the will they won't days that people force on TV shows they like. They always turn out horrible when we forget that we love platonic relationships. Badgie's back, and that leads to a lot of terrible, horrifying things, as Badgie will will do. Then we have a cave mission. So many cave missions on Star Trek. Man, there's a lot of caves in space. <laughs> yeah, so many space caves you shouldn't go into. And that's a very Fucking fun, caves. very fun episode. It's a, uh, what do you call it? An anthology episode. A bottle episode where they're like, remember the yes, time? Yeah. And I think it works. It, it was it, it was an effective anthology bottle episode because it's like all the goddamn caves on Star Trek look the fucking same. <laughs> so then we have an episode where Ransom sends, uh, sends our lower deck crew on a very safe mission because Ensign Beckett Mariner, played again by Tawny Newsom, who's fantastic, seems to be a little self-destructive, which leads us to the finale that explores why Mariner is so self-destructive. And it ties into uh, one of the uh, Will Wheaton episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation. And it does so effortlessly. I was shocked how much I enjoyed it. And I was shocked that I rewatched that episode after the finale was finished. What did you two lovely ladies think of Star Trek Lower Decks Season 4? Lower Decks! Lower decks. decks. Lower decks. Lower decks. Lower decks. decks. Uh, I'm going to just outright say it. This is my favorite season of Lower Decks thus far. It is fantastic. I thought last season was like just a great distillation of like everything that makes the show great. The show does it again. And, yeah, we kind of see some parallels because it's like, oh, we had a D episode set on DS9. Okay, cool. So we're just going to open up on fucking Voyager, the actual Voyager. And also, uh, Tuvix, everyone. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 the moment, this, the moment. I saw that this episode was called, this opening episode was called Two Vex. As in the number I was, two. I was yeah. just like, oh my god. And this show even acknowledges, I was like, man, you know Janeway straight up murdered him, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, so, absolutely oh did. my god. And just, it, oh, the, no. the episode's a great love letter to Voyager, which is like, this is weird, this, this is fucking silly and it it's just amazing like the moment i the moment michael phillips shows up again it's like i love you but i can't be with you and a borgified version of the salamander babies between tom paris and captain janeway 
I I don't know why, but that killed me every time. I think this whole show can pretty be pretty much be summed up as a love letter to Star Trek in general, right? Yeah. So, but it's what's great about this series is that it takes it seriously like it doesn't it's not all like oh pandering the whole time you know like it's it's really got its highs and lows and serious stakes throughout the series and i i love that i love that you can come in into the show and watch it and even if you haven't seen all of ds9 and you're trying to get through it <laughs> what it is is that my husband loves it so much and he's hyped it up so much so i'm kind of like feels like i'm being dragged dragged into it <laughs> sure so yeah so so now i'm just kind of like dragging my heels a little bit on it but yeah anyways um so when they make these jokes i'm like even if i don't necessarily get the jokes he he loves to explain them to me <laughs> but even if if you can watch these the show and even if you don't necessarily get every single little bit of lore and easter eggs that they throw in there it's still a good show it's still a good watch and that's what i really appreciate about it um but when you do get those easter eggs and that lore and all that it just makes it that much better yeah and what i really appreciated about this season was like great development because we actually do now really get to see it's like they're promoted and yeah. how how are they going to handle it? I mean, we know how Bet Mariner has handled things before, and I do want to get to her arc in a uh, in a moment. But like the also the addition, the really the return of Talin, but played by Gabriel Gabriel Ruiz from Crazy Ex Girlfriend. Perfect. She fits into this show like a love mm-hmm. i and i i absolutely love and uh, the episode that focuses on her but also gives us like basically free looks luxana troys yes for the price of one one the of them being wendy malik yes, yes wendy malik yes Al house yes yay <laughs> And I wanted to touch on Talyn really quick. I thought her delivery as a Vulcan was perfect. Like, oh, okay, you know, it's kind of mm-hmm. it's kind of doing a trope thing. It seemed at first, and you know, because Vulcans are like, I have no emotions, and I talk like this. But after like the third episode with her, and also with her obstacles that she overcomes, because all these characters grow as people, as you both pointed out, I thought. <laughs> Oh my God, Gabriel Ruiz is. This is my favorite Vulcan performance in freaking years. Uh, yes, mm-hmm. and I thought to Paul from Enterprise would be the most Vulcany Vulcan to ever <laughs> Vulcan Vulcan, but off of Vulcan, Talin just comes in and and yeah, again, Ga- Gabriel Ruiz, Gabriel Ruiz, uh, just kills it. It's because again, like seeing her mainly from Crazy. Ex- crazy ex-girlfriend playing valencia mm-hmm. and just seeing her be like so loud kind of out, out there yeah yeah very out there to see her like pull it in 
and still give such a great performance was and great amazing. comedic timing even being oh my that, God. Yeah. that's so uh restrained and, and pulled yeah, back yeah. yeah like her and noel wells who voices the greatest uh the greatest new transgender uh icon in star trek and i will get to that devon attendee okay is just fan Fantastic. But uh, going back to Mariner, I have heard some complaints about how, like, her character regression uh, annoyed some people of this season. I, yeah, I can see that look on your face. And I was like, <laughs> that's absolute bullshit. That, that's absolute bullshit. She is not regressing. She is still She's developing. trauma. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, once... Once yeah. we get to the explanation of like, because again, ever since not, not to spoil anything, but you know, yeah, because yeah. like it, it, she does increasingly like just get more and more reckless. Like even even for her, it's pushing it. Mm-hmm. Well, the reason why I wouldn't call it regression is how do you turn off recklessness, right? When you're healing, exactly. And when we finally find out why. The running gag is people who meet her after like five minutes are like, man, she hates Starfleet. <laughs> She's like, I don't hate Starfleet. And they're like, are you sure? And that's been a running joke yeah. for four seasons mm-hmm. now. We find out why she gives off the impression that she hates Starfleet. And I was not prepared for that reason. No. I was shook. And I thought it was beautiful and relatable. It, I wasn't ready for that connection as well and it's a deep cut connection because this show Mm -hmm. very much is like very heavily based on tng era of track and it's very much evident this season and what i'm saying about mariner is because again that's been what i've discovered with my own journeys in getting sober and you know being less of a Mm self-destructive uh asshole is that yeah, and again, it, it it was even shown perfectly in Rafi in Picard that mm-hmm. progression, growth, healing, it's non it's non linear, right? right? It's 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 not a continuous straight line, and that really resonated with me. And Tawny Newsom is. Like especially in the in those last free episodes, because Caves was actually just like a great comedic showcase. Like she has one of my favorite <laughs> bits where where she just shows her despise all of Caves while they're tele while they're, while they're teleporting. Uh, yeah. but the last two, <laughs> yeah, but the last two episodes are just like this is fantastic. Yeah. It's yeah, good it's stuff. The, it's the old writing of Star Trek. And I realize there's more Star Trek shows I need to check out that are more recent. But I remember the next generation I would watch with my brother and father. And we would be like, that TV show made us think about things. And this, as funny as it is, still makes you think. Because mm-hmm. comedy and thought-provoking, deep, relatable characterizations and journeys are not mutually exclusive. No. Nope. Now, I want to get to the planet Orion in your favorite episode, uh, Jordan. And I want to sound like in the actor's studio now. Why did this resonate with you? And why is the internet saying, 
finally a non-trauma-based character that we can relate to that is also a part of our queer culture icon status. If you please. I will. It's mainly because what we get to finally see about Tendi this season is that Again, even just beyond Tendi, we actually visit Orion. We actually see much more of the Orion culture, and even you don't get a, a flag. No, not no, not yet. We but, didn't see uh, a flag. Well, yeah, something to really represent the matriarchy there. Yeah, uh, because <laughs> it it really does follow up on that bombshell in Enterprise, and even jabs at it. That, yeah, the women are in control. You know, they they control it with all the moans. Uh, (laughs) Pheromones, that is. But with Tindy, the revelation that, you know, she ran away from all this because she was, she had preconceived notions put onto her. Much like preconceived societal norms and notions were pushed on to me. Uh, having been assigned male at birth. And for Tendi, she was, you know, automatically assigned prime at birth, you know, to be the prime assassin of her syndicate family. And, and, and I'll be completely honest, Devon Tendi had always already been, like, transcoded with a lot of the gender non-conforming queer audience of this show. The undercut definitely does not help that case. <laughs> and it's the undercuts. But, undercuts is what sells it. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> uh but that's one reason I connected with her because she sheds all those preconceived expectations and notions that her family that the Orion Society put on to her simply because of, you know, what she was born to be. And Noelle Wells just really sells that. It's a great episode. Like, I, like again, I thought last season's Crisis Point 2, Paradoxes, was like the best distillation of Lower Decks. It still is, but this is right up there it's it's absolutely my favorite episode of the season also mainly because of two other things one a great running gag with mariner (laughs) that follows the rule of three yep thankfully (laughs) yeah i know which one you mean and and i do say (laughs) a great way of conflict resolution among new roommates Bradford Boimler and Samuel Rutherford. Yes. Uh, the holodeck hasn't been used in such a long time for me. And again, I got to catch up on Star Trek shows. <laughs> but I loved their conflict resolution. Oh my! And that is an incredible gag. It's so it's so amazing. It's so amazingly dumb too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that it works. It's amazing to me. I mean, honestly, that's. I, I mean, honestly, now that I moved, I'm thinking. I guess this is how me and my roommates will sell issues now. <laughs> I now got to get free Mark Twain wigs. I don't know where I'm gonna get that. 
Um, before we go into our final thoughts, is there a favorite episode that you had, Harmony? Oh my gosh. Um, I want to say probably the penultimate episode. So probably the, this, yeah, penultimate. I can't say the right words today. I'm not yeah. wording well. You know, the second to the last episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> penultimate. Penultimate, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, that was probably my favorite episode just because it was so much character building and we got to see so many different types of characters in different races of characters. I gotta say, that, that was probably my favorite one. I also really liked, um, badgy episodes. Um, I don't oh. know why, just because okay, I love... Well- I loved a few. I, I I too loved a few badges more, especially since it's just a few like, badges more. Yeah, yeah. That well, that episode was like, hey, you know, everyone's major theory that they had about who's behind all this. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah, basically, <laughs> because <laughs> immediately yeah. I was like, what if it's badgy? <laughs> and they also they also keep the running joke going with the koala. The koala. I believe it's a koala, and that's out of context. Spoiler, but uh, I adore that joke because i i grew up in a, a way where i lived with people who had absolute certainty of what happens when you die is all so <laughs> lower decks running gag on what happens when you die it's the space crawler. i am just in love with yeah <laughs> what does he know why is he smiling well that episode's perfect because it also gives us the return of jeffrey combs as agamus yes yes <laughs> And also, to, because I'm going back to the space koala, because <laughs> also this year we had the crossover episode of Lower Decks Strange and World. Strange New Worlds. And mm-hmm. in, in the opening of Strange New Worlds, they were able to pull in some of this Lower Decks imagery, including space koala. <laughs> That makes me very. I gotta watch Strange got, World. You gotta, you yes, gotta watch, you, at least you, watch that episode because Space Koala shows I, up. <laughs> I will force you to do it. I know. And now, before our final thoughts, I gotta say I have no bones yet. I must flee is my favorite. Oh, yeah. That's a great parody Nancy. on a Har- Harlan Ellison, I believe, title of a book. Yeah, I have no, I'm I'm a scream. Yep. Who saw Commander Ransom being a great okay. character I, after I, four no, seasons? You supposed to be a meathead like the whole I, time. I did what I did want to mention, like the surprise, like big character development this season jerry o'connell as commander ransom oh my (laughs) god and like the way he's able to help uh solve the situation with moopsie yeah is (laughs) so goddamn great and it i god i i i honestly as much as i kind of i kind of did get a ta'ana uh centered segment now you know in this season i want a jack ransom focused episode in season five yeah. of lower Decks. absolutely Please not be doesn't become a giant head <laughs> shooting lasers well well i'd be fine with that again i mean he was a pretty ripped that was very giant cool. godhead yeah. was yeah very cool and if you notice um beckett in her combat is a lot like Ransom's now yeah. in this final season. With the, uh, the uh, hammer fist. With the Kirk yeah. double-handed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, oh, God, that's right. <laughs> Which is great character development. Beckett's learning from other people, not just diving headfirst into trouble. And 
let's dive first into our final thoughts. Harmony, would you start, please? Yeah, um, I really adore this show. Um, it's it and Strange New Worlds has really, um, and I guess Picard has really reignited the love for Star Trek that I had when I was much younger and like watching reruns of next gen late at night when I should have been in bed as a child. Like I said, it's really great to be in on the gag, but it's great when a show can hold its own just on its own merit. And I, I think this show does that. Um, I can't wait for more of it. I hope it goes forever <laughs> for as long as they keep wanting to make the show i'll i'll keep watching it um seven seasons in a movie let's do it um six seasons in the movie let's do it i'm 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 down um so i'm gonna give this uh nine out of ten reasons to always have extra teeth <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jordan. Uh, again, I think this is the absolute best season of Lower Decks thus far. Uh, great character development across all, across everyone. Like even uh, great stuff with Shax and his relationship with Doctor Taana, and we get more insight into how kind of unhinged Captain Freeman can be. But I will say the last two episodes and the curveballs they throw with who's revealed to be behind all this is wonderful. It's like, I, I couldn't even think of this. That's, that's kind of amazing. And also getting to see some, uh, former Trek heavy hitters. Like, we get the return of Max Grodencheck as Rom and Chase Masterson as Lita. I adored that. And it, this season was just so much fun. And also seeing just, like, little insights before each episode of, like, how every shit... I'm still wondering how Romulans ever got anything fucking done when they're not stabbing each other <laughs> in the fi- in the in, in the front of their chest. And yeah. then their backs. In their back, and it's flipping around and then stabbing them in the face. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Quiet, you two. I'm trying to look on menacingly. <laughs> Was Shin John ever gonna be that big a front? I don't... I don't know. Um... But yeah, this season was great, fantastic, and I got everything I needed out of it. I've been struggling with my rating for this, but fuck it. I'm going to have to give this season 10 out of 10 Mark Twain conflict resolution cosplays. <laughs> it's it, it's such a stupid joke, but it's, it's so such a stupid perfect. Joke. It's a beautiful joke. Yeah. The best jokes... Or the stupidest of jokes are done the best by Jack Quaid and Eugene Cadero. Oh my god! As well as uh, Tony Newsom, Jack Quaid, Eugene Cadero, and Noel Wells, they're the perfect comedic quadruple, whatever you want to call it. quartet. Quartet is that the term? Yeah. Quartet, yes. And I am always so impressed and in awe after I'm laughing. Like, wow, their comedic timing was perfect. 
And I love this crew. It it ends on a cliffhanger. The series does. It does end on a cliffhanger where I'm like, I need the new episode now, though. I know. I don't want to wait. I need the new season like right now because I need to know how that resolves. And that's silly because all of them kind of have the end. You know, that's a Star Trek thing <laughs> where the cliffhangers are egregiously. haha, you have to wait. But yeah, adore this show. It's not for kids, but me and all my kids, even the baby, watched the Menagerie episode. I have no bones yet. I must flee a dozen times because Moopsie is an incredible character. And I love it when animals act like animals. Like the first Jurassic Park is one of my favorite films because the monsters are dinosaurs, but they don't act like monsters. They act like confused curious animals that need to test things out with their face and their tongues and the moopsie is very similar it just happens to be terrifyingly adorable (laughs) he doesn't love moopsie moopsie that's how it sounds and beckett is such a complex wonderfully done character i loved her arc this season i love the revelations i love that her and boimler are still bros friends comrades and co-workers and i can't wait for next season i'm giving this one nine out of ten memorials to lost prophets (laughs) (laughs) say what you will about ferengi about the ferengi race but at least they are hella on brand on brand always i mean gotta give it to them on that even in their tv shows (laughs) 